this is Leva Bates, and you're listening to the Oversaw Podcast. Da-da-da-da. You better enjoy it or else. It is episode 101, and we are getting ready for Great Balls of Fire. It's so funny to say that name. Get ready. This is the Oversell Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 101 of the Oversell Podcast. My name is Derek. I am Mike. I'm Dan. I'm Dan. I've got to wait my turn. <laughs> oh, it's already <laughs> off to a great start. And joining us tonight, a very special guest. You can find him on Twitter at the letter K, F-A-B-E Connection on Twitter. Fred Feltner from the K-Fabe Connection. What's going on, Fred? What's happening, man? Man, just another day in the life of... Uh, Man, a lot of wrestling going on this week. Uh, Great balls of fire! Uh, I, I, I a... just, I've got to hear. I got to hear Vince say it one time in that in that grovelly voice. <laughs> Great ball! Hey, I got an idea for a pay per view. Great <laughs> balls of fire! And then you know it was totally his idea. And we're gonna oh, yeah. make the logo two balls with a fiery penis. <laughs> If Kane isn't on the poster, the promotional poster for this, I'm going to be upset. Yeah, that's... I mean, seriously. I don't know what he was thinking. Uh, uh, he's just... He's Vince McMahon, and, you know, I think he got almost got in trouble, and it wasn't going to happen because, um, you know, they Jerry Lewis was going to raise some hell over that name, but I think they're paying him, and now they're actually, you know, using the Great Balls of Fire song. And some of the commercials for that have just been awkward watching... Like Dean Ambrose seeing Jerry Lee Lewis for some re- I know he probably has never well, like, in his life listened I know to Jerry we got, Lee Lewis. I, I know we got uh, uh, Jerry Lawler uh, was in, was actually involved in putting Vince in contact with uh, Jerry Lee Lewis because uh, I think Jerry actually brought it up to uh, one of the producers or somebody and said, "Hey, you know we're going to get sued over that, right? <laughs> you know." <laughs> And, uh, and, you know, Lawler went through the right channels and he had a contact point for Jerry Lee Lewis and, you know, put the company, put WWE in contact with Jerry Lee Lewis. And that's how Jerry Lee Lewis got paid for the rights, you know, for them to use the song. And then it went from there when they started using the song. So, you know, I, you know, Jerry Lee Lewis made some money off of it, but you know, it's still, it's a kind of a funny story, you know, for, for Lawler to be the one to point out like, Hey, uh. You know, uh, we might get sued for that. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I just don't understand. Vince is just, there's no other human being on this planet like Vince McMahon. Uh, you it's got that right. It's just a ridiculous name for a pay-per-view. It's just a ridiculous name for pretty much anything in general. I mean, I, I, I would love to be in that production meeting. Hey, I got an idea. Great balls of fire. Yeah. <laughs> But before we get to Great Balls of Fire fucking YouTube ads, I swear, who gives a shit about Valerian? Golly, that movie looks <laughs> that movie looks so damn horrible. Yeah, yeah, that's the new Luke Besson project. <laughs> oh, this is like the video from the actual movie 
about Jerry Lee Lewis with Dennis Quaid. Wow. Yeah, now we're gonna get sued. Oh, fuck them. <laughs> hey, Was it ten seconds. I got, I got, I got nothing they can sue me with. So, hey, uh, they can sue me and take my student loan payments, I guess. But that's about it. So you can but, have half of everything I got, which is nothing. So I, this weekend, I think, was a very successful weekend for New Japan Pro Wrestling. They had their G1 specials in the United States, sold out both shows pretty quickly, too. I think they actually had to add seats to them. But, man, I think it's a commercial success for them, and it's a great launch into America. And they've already announced that they're going to come back in 2018, and it's probably going to be bigger and even better. I haven't gotten to watch both nights yet. I've watched a little bit of night one. And I know Fred, the New Japan geek that he is, uh, got to watch it. Fred, overall thoughts on how they handled uh, the G1 special? Uh, before that, I just want to say congrats to you all for 100 episodes. I know I didn't get the formal uh, message in last episode, but I, I truly mean it. You guys are awesome. There's too many annoying assholes that do wrestling podcasts. <laughs> you guys are the good guys, and uh, I, I listen every week, and I enjoy every week, and I always enjoy being a part of the show. So thank you very much. Uh, for putting the the show together and for letting me be on this awesome show as well. Hey, it's not a problem at all, man. It's just a chance to talk wrestling with more people. Cool. Uh, yeah, I it was a home run for me. Uh, and it's weird because as a, as a New Japan fan, you kind of even wonder like this almost seems like a little late. Like they could have really done this. Um. Back when, you know, like Gallows and AJ and Anderson and all those guys were with the Bullet Club, like it was on fire then. But like even now, like they're, they're selling Young Bucks merchandise at Hot Topics across America. Like, can you ever imagine <laughs> uh, uh, an indie star from yesteryear that you can think of or even, you know, any indie indie guys, indie studs that come to mind from the Memphis era from like, you know, the 90s or whatnot? Um that you could ever imagine, like going to a shopping mall and just seeing their their, their t shirt just at a, at a at a mall, like it's it's insane to me. The, that the, is what, that that is that is like really truly like the one of the most amazing things to me is like like you said, you know, just a regular indie star is selling merchandise on Hot Topic. Those guys are going to make a fortune off of that, you know, and yeah. and, and the fact that they did it without WWE. You know, that's got to piss somebody off in WWE, something awful. <laughs> I, I think what it does for New Japan, and I agree, I, I think what it does for New Japan, and I think what it does for aspiring wrestlers in general, not just um, New Japan fans, but even aspiring wrestlers, is that, yeah, that might be the narrative that, you know, it's the it, everybody wants to go to the grand stage of the mall and end their career in WWE, you know, and nothing else matters except what matters here. They like to spin that narrative, but this truly marks a new era in professional wrestling where, you know, you might have a kid in a dojo, which they're saying, based on the success of this G1, that they're going to have a dojo um, in Los Angeles uh, within the next year, as well as a corporate office in Los Angeles as well. Um, you're going to have kids in the dojo aspiring to be the next, you know, Tomohiro Ishii or Hiroshi Tanahashi or Kazuchika uh, Okada. Like, you're not going to have everyone that's wanting to be the next Stone Cold or Rock or now in this era, Cena and whatnot. So I truly do. I think it's changing 
uh, the perception of just wrestling fans, but also aspiring wrestlers as well. There's there's different uh, success stories within wrestling, and especially now, is everybody going to be able to follow the Young Bucks trail? I mean, this is a once in a lifetime thing we're seeing, but hopefully, it's going to open up doors um, and just make the business just that much better. Is there? And if they bring that dojo, if they bring that dojo into what did you say, Los Angeles? Yeah. Okay. If they bring that dojo into Los Angeles, you know, the East Coast is not going to be that far behind, you know. And then, man, it would be so awesome if a if a New Japan dojo, if you had like a chain of those things, you know, not even like. I'm not talking like 10 of them where, you know, you pay to, prom- you know, not like NWA style where you paid a promoter to get an NWA name on your promotion. I mean, like you actually had a Japan dojo guy come and, you know, train and everything and say, this is the way we train in Japan. I mean, th- that would elevate the indie level so much in the States uh, that that would just it would blow stuff out of the water and you would have guys that were actually trained right, uh, you know, that you could see on a regular basis all across the country. That would be awesome. So, I mean, I I hope that the L.A. dojo leads to more dojos opening up over here. I think I think it will, um, you know, because I, I think they're going to have a run on people trying to get into that L.A. dojo. I really do. Is there yeah, a... Yeah, oh, I 100% go ahead. agree with you on that. Is there a better wrestler in the world right now than Kazuchika Okada? Omega, he and Omega are one A, one B. Kenny Omega might be wrestler of the year this right now, which is crazy because Okada is having like a lifetime year as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. I, I at this point, they're. I mean, Okada. I, he's not even that old, is he? He's on. He's still in his twenties. Yep. He's not even yeah, hitting the pro. He, he's not even hitting the prime of his career, and he's just knocking matches out of the park. The first six-star match from Meltzer this year, the first, what, 6.25-star match ever given by Meltzer. I mean, it's just incredible the year both those guys are having. I mean, Kenny Omega is now your he, – he won the IWGP United States Championship, which people getting all – but hurt over a Canadian winning that title, and then they just cheer for Kevin Owens as he comes out holding a U.S. title makes me laugh. But uh, yeah, I'm really happy that I'm really happy that New Japan's getting the kind of exposure it is because you know the only thing that'll happen is WWE will have to react, and eventually they'll have to start stepping up their product in order to compete with another company that could be getting bigger in America. Yeah, absolutely. Just a little side note, too, on that. Um, I was trying to avoid spoilers, but the cat's out of the bag at this point. Uh, go If you don't watch both shows and watch, you know, all eight hours of night one and night two, Michael Elgin and Kenny Omega put on an absolute barn burner of a match. It was a clinic. It was absolutely insane. Um and if we're doing like fake awards, like the most underrated man, Michael Elgin might be up there because I watched him and Cedric Alexander have a classic at AAW um, and Michael Elgin and, and Kenny Omega together. It just some for some people, the chemistry, it works. It, it was one of my favorite matches that I've seen this year. Like it was incredible. So if you haven't watched um, both shows, I would definitely recommend at least trying to find a way to go back and watch that Michael Elgin Kenny Omega match. 
Um, and then also, uh, it's been reported that Kenny Omega is going to take on Will Ospreay in his first title defense as the newly crowned um, IWGP United States champion. Um, and rumor has it it's going to take place not in Japan, but in the States at an ROH event to be named later. So that's really exciting news on the forefront for for just wow. for all parties. And and um, as far as chemistry goes, another combo that has just tons of chemistry, I think, in the ring at least, Tomohiro Ishii and Kenny Omega. I mean, those two guys, when they get in a ring together, it's just it's it's wonderful watching those two guys work together because they wrestled on G1 the night before, or on the first night, didn't they? The G1 special? Uh, Ishii, yeah. Or no, Ishii and Omega is the final. Oh, okay, okay. Well... They those two guys have I think they have a great chemistry together too. They just I don't know. Uh, Ishii is, is another one of my favorites in New Japan ever since I got to watch him and Katsuyori Shibata just beat the hell out of each other at Wrestle Kingdom ten. My God, that was such an amazing match. But you know and they've done that multiple times. Yep. Well, yep. And both matches were good. I mean, Ishii is just something totally different in regards to Omega, and I think it, it, uh, the clash of styles is what makes those matches work. I have a fun Ishii stat here, courtesy of Lariato from Twitter. Uh, so this is insane when you when you consider this, and we, we maybe we need another source to back this up, but I, I trust Lariato just based on his awesome gifts that he provides on Twitter. Um Tomohiro Ishii has not had a month off since December 2005. So that's 138 months, 1,300 matches with an average of nine matches per month. This is your workhorse right here. Like, that's insane. To work a Puro Res, like, strong style style and to have that kind of longevity and, and put on stellar matches and to stay healthy like that. Like Cena gets all the credit for, oh, you know, he and he does and he works hard. But look at that with that kind of style, not watered down WWE style, but the the strong style going that long. Mm-hmm. That's insane to me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I can agree with that. I mean, but yeah, that style he works just. It's incredible that, uh, you know, who knows? I would love to see what kind of fitness regimen he's on and uh, when he work, yeah. when he gets a chance to work out. You know what kind of workouts he does to stay in such great. You know he's not like a, he is not built like Cena, but my God, he is one of the toughest men I think I've ever seen in a wrestling ring, brother. Jr. Conditioning too. <laughs> conditioning, conditioning, conditioning. There you go. <laughs> the treadmill. The treadmill. Um, do y'all want to start? Do y'all want to look at this uh, greatest pay per view name ever card? Let me see if I can get it pulled up here. <laughs> I've got it pulled up right now. Oh, well, let's go through it. <laughs> All right. Uh, Starting with the kickoff match, uh, WWE Cruiserweight Champion Neville versus Akira Tozawa. The future of the Titus brand, Akira Tozawa. Ah, yeah. ah, ah, ah. I, I got to tell you, I do, <laughs> I, I do like how um, we are actually, it looks like Titus is somewhat trying to um, – build a stable of guys because that's what that's what it seems like he's doing and it's good to see that uh, a cruiserweight is getting involved in a storyline on the main roster because it seems like for a while there the cruiserweights were just their own self-contained element on raw as opposed to now a main two main uh superstars are trying to get them to join their brand 
And I, you know, the storytelling I think has been all right. I like I like watching Tazira T- Akira Tazawa. His German suplex is just off the damn chain. Um, but what are your guys' thoughts? Yeah, it's it's an incredible sight to see. Um, just seeing him, you know, being live and seeing him walk down the ramp and doing the ah ah, you know. It's crazy to see him go all the way from Dragon Gate and PWG and whatnot to see him in the, in this kind of stage, and I'm glad that he's getting over. Um, I don't see him beating Neville, but I'm at least glad that out of the minimal push that the cruiserweights are getting, that Tazawa is kind of standing out from the crowd because um, I've been a fan for a while. So it's uh, it's exciting to see, and I and I hope this really picks up for him. But I still see Neville's going to have that belt for a long time. Yeah, until Kalisto decides to make the jump to the cruiserweights, I think <laughs> <laughs> Neville's going to – it's got to happen. Kalisto's eventually got to join the cruiserweights. I mean, he's just – him and Neville, I think, would put on some great matches. He could have an ambulance match with Sin Cara. There we go. Well, Sin Cara would just botch and put himself in the ambulance. That just so it doesn't count. <laughs> you know, I think Neville's going to keep the championship until uh, Matt Hardy goes back down to cruiserweight. Hmm, interesting. There you go. Oh, wow, <laughs> that was a great storyline. You can't tell me that wasn't great. That was him in the back, you know, on a on a exercise bike and stuff, just trying to lose like five pounds. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Classic, classic. Dan, who do you think is going to win? Uh, yeah, Neville's keeping it. He's going to keep it. Uh, you know, until until they get a good, uh, you know, a good, a good star that they feel is solid. That uh, you know, Neville's just that he's king of the cruiserweights, man. And you know, he's got that believable gimmick that he's he's one hundred percent invested in it, and so is the company. So you know, I, it's going to take a good, uh, good, a good talent to knock him off the off the podium there. So yeah, Neville's definitely taking away uh, the title on this one. Cedric Alexander. <coughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> maybe Ethan Page will make the jump, and maybe he's going to interfere. And man, he's been killing fools on Twitter. Yeah, he's busy well, killing people right now. <laughs> you know, for, for every day that every day that's a big day for us, but for Ethan Page, it's just Thursday. <laughs> Next match. Enzo Amore versus Big Cass. All right. Yeah, uh this just needs to it needs to be a squash. But it's not going to be. I don't think it is, but it needs to be. Yeah, I still um, think it was too soon for the breakup. Yeah, I I'm I'm starting to get that way too. But you know, I I'd, I'd love to think Cass can work on his own, but I I just I just can't see it, you know? I mean, you know, 2 weeks from now I may see differently, but as it stands right now, Cass just doesn't really stand out to me but that he can work on his own, you know? I got to tell um, you in defense of that the promos I think he's cut since they've broken up, I think he's been killing it on the mic. I think he can hold his own with anyone on the mic. Um, to be honest, uh, like it, ever since they've broken up, I think he's, you know, there's a bit of truth element to his promos, and they've just been really, really good. 
Now, see, I'm, you know, I'll fall back to what I said before, you know, last week too. Right now, it's great, you know, and then, like I said, two weeks from now, I may change my tune. And the measuring stick is two weeks from now. Two weeks from now, after he's beaten the crap out of Enzo at the pay-per-view, are we still going to be interested in Cass? You know, that is the question. I, so I think we will, just because they'll find some good ways to keep him relevant. You know, there's, you've got he could go after start going after the Intercontinental Championship to kind of solidify him as um as a legit singles wrestler. Well, I guess Miz is holding that uh for right now. So, but there's there, there's a chance there, and I think they they see it in Cass. Um. You want to know what I think? I think the second Vince saw Big Cass, he was like, well, hell, he ain't part of a tag team no more. <laughs> you know, I, I, well, yeah, I think that's part of the reason they were brought up. Vince wanted him to get some exposure to the main roster and um, see what what they could do together. And and then, you know, the, it, it, it's a shame that they broke up. And, uh-oh. I lost, oh, my headset just got unplugged there. Um, <laughs> it's a shame they never won a tag team title at all, either in either Ever. NXT or on the main roster. But I, I think, just like Baron Corbin is the is one of the future superstars of SmackDown, um, Big Cass is going to be a future player down the road in Raw, maybe in the next year or two. So yeah, I'm going to say Big Cass takes this one. Um. <laughs> It needs to be a squash. It just needs to be. But I don't think it's going to be. I think there's going to be a lot of fight out of Enzo and, you know, but, you know, it, there, like I said, there doesn't need to be a lot of fight out of Enzo, but there's going to be. So, Mike, what do you thought? But Cass will definitely win because, you know, WWE's. Definitely behind him, like you said. You know, Vince saw him and immediately thought, "Okay, there's there's a superstar for the future," just because of his size. But I think, you know, this little feud with Enzo, yeah, that's just to get his heel turn and all, and get them split up. But his his future, I think, is really dependent on his next feud. Whoever they put him against, you know, after Enzo, that's going to determine if he's going to be, a, you know, a star or not. Yeah, I can agree to that. Um, I, I think he's got a good shot at making it. Um, I don't know. I've I've always liked Big Cass. I knew eventually they were going to break up and Cass was going to become the star. I, Enzo's been doing well on the mic, too. Um, you know, when they had hit Cass turn, him able to, um, you know, drum up a single tear as, yeah. as Cass was doing, that was pretty incredible work. And this, this week on Raw, I mean, they Raw opened with Enzo, and he had, I mean, it was incredibly long promo, but I mean, he he held it together the entire time, and I mean, he he kept my attention the entire time. I mean, well, that was the hell of a promo. Whoa, whoa! I saw the greatest meme ever that had a picture of Enzo with the tear rolling down his eye, and it said, it had said, uh, when you find out, it's been spelled S O F T the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait, whoa, 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 stop, 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 stop. Are you telling me Raw started off with a very long promo for someone? Oh, my God. 
Yeah, can you imagine that? Oh, color me fucking shocked. I mean, it's just incredible that Raw would (laughs) open up, and let me guess, it was a 20, 25-minute promo, and then a match, then some stupid backstage stuff, and then another match, and then... There was there was a women's tennis match though um, on Monday, so that's why the ratings were low. You know, all the oh, sports yeah. are done, so oh, we got to yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, <laughs> blame it on a random because the playoffs are done for oh. hockey, basketball. So, yeah, all and, those cross cross tennis wrestling fans. There's <laughs> there's there was cross country running on TV, uh, you know, and there people were running very long distances, and yeah, I think there's a dodgeball tournament on too. This, I think, but in all, in all seriousness, though, with this match with Enzo and Cass, this kind of exposes a bigger problem in WWE. Vince hates tag teams. What's crazy about that is they split them on different shows and have different colored belts, right? You got the fruit roll up on, on Mondays, and then on Tuesday you have the now and later or whatever. <laughs> Starburst, the blue Starburst, like the, the airheads. The mystery flavor. <laughs> like, you have two different tag belts, yet you're splitting up random team like, on both shows. The hype bros are pretty much done. You see that unraveling in front of your eyes. Oh, um, yeah. Enzo and Cass breaking up. Um, Sheamus is going to film a movie, so Cesaro will be back to being on main event again here soon enough. Um, <laughs> so you have the Hardys. And Gallows and Anderson, I mean, where's the revival right now? They're on main event taking pins last time I heard. Like, what's going on with the tag team scene on both shows? Because the Usos and New Days, it's red hot right now, but that's going to get old eventually. So what are we doing with tag teams here? Yeah, that's an interesting point. Did you did you mention Alpha looking like they may be breaking up because Dude, Jason Jordan like milk carton status right now? Like what happened? <laughs> I'm, I expect to see him with like a green like bomber jacket with like a stick with some clothes tied to the end of it, like hobo style. Like what happened? <laughs> Slowly, <laughs> what Jason Jordan is Jason Jordan's ending is ending his career. Like an episode of the Hulk, he's just slowly turning and walking away. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, good grief! Yeah, it's it's it, Vince would hate watching a New Japan show. What's with all these tag matches? God, four five men tag matches. That's why he fired Teddy Long. Yeah, man, no. What's the next match? We're going to have no tag team matches, player. <laughs> What's the next match? Uh, Intercontinental Championship, The Miz versus Dean Ambrose. You know, this this feud is getting to where it's like, okay, it's time for it's time for an end, a blow off because I'm tired I'm getting a little tired of seeing these two wrestle each other. At least that's me. Thinking that there needs to be a fresh matchup. I think the Miz is going to win, retain, and move on to someone else. Or Dean Ambrose could win, and this is how Big Cass starts getting a, a better singles run, I guess. But I don't know I'm kind of getting over the whole Miz Ambrose thing now. He does have his entourage now. Uh, uh, who is his on? Uh, Curtis Axel and uh, Bo Dallas. So mm-hmm. that's, that's inject- a great thing for them. Yeah, it's injected something fresh into it, but I think I'm starting to get over Miz and Ambrose. What do you guys think? I'm loving it. 
You know, I'm I'm loving they're getting over the entourage, and uh, I'm loving the uh, you know the promos and everything and. The off and on about you know you think you think Maurice is pissed off at one point and then you know you know and then the entourage shows up and everything. It's a good storyline, you know, and I think it gets over that you know they're going to have that stable and you know maybe the longevity of the stable will be a good thing. But uh, as far as match prediction, I'm definitely going with Miz. Because this, you know, this is going to be the match that gets the stable over initially. So, but uh, yeah, I'm 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 loving the storyline, honestly. You know, um, it's it's been interesting, but I'm just t- I'm getting to the point now where uh, th- there needs to be f- a little bit of a fresher feud. I think that's where I'm at. Agreed, Mike. Mike your thoughts. Yeah, um, I mean, we all know Miz has been killing it. I mean, especially since holding the the IC belt, which I know we're supposed to say intercontinental, but, you know, whatever. But, uh, yeah, I agree that it's it's time for him to feud with somebody new. I mean, I definitely think he's going to win. They're going to keep the new, you know, entourage together. It's, you know, hopefully they'll make it kind of a, you know, a force to be reckoned with type thing. But I don't think it's going to get any higher than you know intercontinental championship status. It's I don't think it's that stable is going to make it up to you know main event for a while if ever. Because mm-hmm. I think they're worried that <laughs> I think they they went with a safe route with Curtis Axel and Bo Dallas and hoping that it doesn't turn into another standout thing where they become the big you know draw as opposed to Miz. Yeah, I think um, when Sandow. Um was pitching his idea to Vince. He's like, yeah, sounds good. Go do it. But remember, but just know this, if you start getting too big, we will yank it out from under <laughs> you, which is exactly what. We will fire you. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think Fred had to step away for a couple of minutes. Um, so I think Miz is going to win and move on to the next feud. And we will move on to the next match. Raw Tag Team Championship. 30-minute Iron Man match. Cesaro and Sheamus defending against the Hardy Boys. First off, uh, I think that um, according to Matt Hardy's Twitter feed, we're going to be getting the broken Hardys here soon. Uh, Could that start with a loss here at this pay-per-view at Great Balls of Fire? Losing at Great Balls of Fire. (laughs) Great Balls of Fire. Break the Hardys. Oh, I've already got it like played out in my head how it should happen. Well, go ahead and play it out. Because I'm awesome at fantasy booking. Yes, because, yes we all yeah, are. I know everything about wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> but basically, you know, since it's an Iron Man match, you know, whoever has the most pinfalls or submissions, whatever, you know, at the end of 30 minutes wins. You know, start out going back and forth, you know, a win for each. The Hardys maybe get up, you know, one or two, and then Seamus and Cesaro just go full heel. They get out chairs and, you know, get disqualified a couple times just to injure them and then just repeatedly just, you know, brogue kicks and, you know, finishers just repeatedly, you know, take like a, I don't know, like a crazy like seven or eight to 
three or four win in it and you know then have the hardys off tv for a couple weeks and then bring the broken gimmick in that could work i I think i wouldn't mind that maybe they just get beat so bad that it knocks matt hardy into another universe into a broken universe right there you go dan what do you think that's that that's what that's yeah they get beaten so bad it knocks (laughs) It knocks him into the uni- next universe. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I think I think that I think that Seamus and Cesaro will come out of this with a win. Um, you know, it's and I think I think when they take the titles off of the uh, when I ta- when I I think when they take the titles off of Seamus and Cesaro, it's going to be more of a surprise thing. You know. Um, and I think Jeff posted a date like seven seventeen or something like that mm-hmm. on his uh, on his Twitter or something like that was you know that's all he posted and everything. So <clears throat> I think once once that date comes around and that's a Monday Night Raw, you know they might be able to use that gimmick. They show up and boom, there it is. They take the titles off the guys and uh, you know. Seamus goes off to Hollywood and films his movie, and Cesaro is left in no man's land, unfortunately. <laughs> Once again, and that, that's Monday. That's this coming Monday. That is? Yeah. No, it's a week, uh, from, yeah. it's a week from Monday. No, today's the 6th. So or is it the, it'll be a so week. Okay, the week from, okay. It's a week from Monday is what we're looking at. Right. Uh, yeah, I think Cesaro and Seamus walk out holding the WWE Raw Tag Team championships next match next match Seth Rollins versus Bray Wyatt so it's another pay-per-view so we can go ahead and pretty much guarantee that Bray Wyatt is going to lose right <laughs> pretty much I mean it's it's incredible how much stock Bray Wyatt has lost here in the just the past couple of years you know and you really can trace it all from you know losing at WrestleMania, you know I, he should not. I, to me, he should have been the guy to end the streak of uh, Undertaker. That's just my my personal thought. He should not have taken a sucked a loss to the Undertaker at WrestleMania uh, after Brock had beaten him the year before. It, he really, it, uh, it's just it's incredible how they have this character who can go out and cut these amazing promos. I mean, just ama- some of the best mic work you probably have ever seen, and he's sticking to the character. Like, you talk to him outside, he's just the same at creepy-ass dude, and yet you can't, you have not gotten behind this guy from a booking standpoint. You know, he he wins the SmackDown, uh, SmackDown title, the SmackDown world title, and he holds that for a month and then loses it to Randy Orton. For some unknown reason, you know. What are you guys' thoughts? Uh, he. I don't know why. I don't know why they can't get behind him. You know, my opinion. He should have held that title for a good long, like eight or nine months. You know, that should have been a long title reign. That was I agree. a very short title reign for that guy. I agree. Um, there was there was you know it was not benefit for, to move him to Raw either. I think he was just fine on SmackDown. Um, you know, he's kind of, on Raw. He, I think he's kind of just getting lost in the shuffle with guys like Samoa Joe, uh, Brock Lesnar when he's there, Finn Balor, 
and, and those type of guys. Yeah, what happened with that? Because they were teasing like a Bray Wyatt and you know Finn Balor feud. Because and then it just Seth Rollins popped in. Because Vince, because they're so short sighted that these gimmicks or the these ideas, you know, they tease, they tease, they tease, but then n- nothing happens because they're short sighted and they don't they don't know, have a final ep- episode written before the show even starts on Monday nights. Well, and Vince Vince thinks his audience is a bunch of idiots who have the attention span of a gnat, which could be true for some, but you can wrestling say fans hey, don't you, forget. You can say it. You can say it. The neck beards. Right? The mouth breathers. And that. Wrestling fans don't forget. You say Katie Vick, wrestling fans will go, ugh. Yeah. Or, mm-hmm. you know, A Young in the hand. <laughs> like, we remember stuff, contrary to belief, so... Continuity is a big issue. It's yeah. absolutely us wrestling fans still remember. That's why they call me Sammy, baby. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that was horrible. But yeah, it, it's just incredible. And uh, Fred, we we're talking about you know how how far Bray Wyatt has fallen, and that's even with a title reign in between there. But you know, I trace it all the way. I can trace it all the way back to. Losing to the Undertaker uh, after the Undertaker had beaten or had lost to Brock the year before, dude. The I mean, you could even go back to the Cena program. Yeah, yeah. I know that's the cliche um, topic is to blame Cena, but whoever's decision it was to book that Cena Wyatt feud the way that they did should be fucking fired. Like, there was no reason. That was the one blemish on WrestleMania, unless you're an Undertaker fan. That was the one blemish on that WrestleMania 30 show was why in the hell did Cena beat Wyatt? And he's the face of fear, but the only way he can beat Cena is through uh, a choir boy. Yeah, but through, <laughs> through a creepy-ass kid in a voice app. That's what I always say, a creepy-ass kid with a voice app. But the streak's, the streak's over that year. So the following year, you're like, oh, you know, passing of the torch, Undertaker to Wyatt. Some say the passing of the torch was this year to Reigns, which, okay, but if you're going to build this whole fear gimmick, it's right in front of your face. Mm-hmm. It makes zero sense. It makes absolutely no sense the way that they've that they, they've booked them. And all it is is empty promos now because he doesn't... Sure, he won uh, the SmackDown title. What, he won that at uh, Elimination Chamber? Or did yep. he? Yeah, right. Yeah, and then he lost it the next month to Randy Orton in one of uh, I don't even want to think about that fucking match that they had. Uh, oh, it's in my head now. <laughs> with with the poopy fridge and it was dark the when they left. Horrors. Or, oh, the house, house of, of horrors. horrors. Oh my god. <laughs> The arsonist. Everybody group. wants the broken gimmick in WWE until they watch that House of Horrors match. <laughs> poopy fridge, the poopy fridge match. Um, yeah, but the yeah, I, I, more charisma than Orton. <laughs> that's ain't that the damn truth? <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, baby. I, I mean, it's it's just it's just incredible the lack of run that Bray Wyatt has had on the main roster, and that's including a month long title run and, and the whole you know Randy Orton breaking them apart gimmick that tore up yeah that that whole that whole shit with Randy Orton I think was just horrible f- 
for Wyatt and the Wyatt family. They should not they should not have gone the way they did. Agreed. There you go, making sense again, Derek. Oh, man. I, I try to make sense every so often, but it, it's really hard. Um, but, yeah, I think Seth Rollins is going to win. <laughs> and, you know, actually, it's it's hard to call because this isn't a big four, and we know Bray Wyatt's not going to win a match at a big four pay-per-view. I mean, so I could see Bray winning this too, I guess. But I think it's a chance to get – they're going to try to get Rollins over as a baby face, and he's going to get the win. Anyone else? Maybe one the limb and saying that Bray Wyatt actually wins. Interesting. Anyone else? Thoughts? I will. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna throw it out there and say Bray Wyatt wins. Okay. You know, maybe it's a wild and crazy. Uh, my wild and crazy call of the pay per view. <laughs> I think we're gonna see a run in from Poopy Fridge. Yeah. Poopy fridge, poopy, fr- and it, and it's the same guy. It's a guy wearing a poopy fridge costume. It's the same guy that they get. That that is that that was the hand. Nice or the hand that got caught in the poopy fridge or something like that. By God, it can't be. It's it, it, it it's poopy fridge. I could just I could just imagine like uh, Michael Cole trying to get over poopy fridge, poopy fridge, poopy fridge. <laughs> Trending worldwide right now. Poopy fridge. Oh, God. Damn. That is like Michael Cole spot on. You're watching the week- longest running weekly episodic content show ever made by the WWE. Yeah, the WWE. 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 And don't say belt. <laughs> or don't. What is it? Don't say strap. Don't say strap. Uh, yeah. And I just read that they can't say. They can't say briefcase now. It's the money in the bank contract. That is so. St- <laughs> Who gives a oh shit? Oh my god! It's literally a briefcase. Oh my yeah, god! It's not a briefcase. <laughs> yes, it's a briefcase. No, it's not. It's a. There's it's a, a contract. contract. It's a contract. That's literally a... what it is. And that you know that actually screams more Stephanie to me than it does Vince. Like, for some reason, I'm just see... going to change the dictionary. We're going to start like editing words out of the dictionary from now on. Don't say it's global. Not a briefcase. It's not a briefcase. It's a, it's a contract. Do not say global force or wrestling ever at a show. Those three words are outlawed from the entire show. <laughs> global strength grappling. <laughs> What's the next? It's match? so idiotic, yeah, dude. It, like you can even hear like when you watch documentaries and stuff from WWE when there's wrestling, you know, correspondents or just wrestlers or wrestling personalities when they're forced to give the stupid, you know, he's the most popular sports entertainer there's ever been in sports entertainment. Like, just say fucking wrestler. Like, you can hear them editing it in their mind. Like, God, this sounds idiotic. Like, you can just hear the cringeworthy, you know, discomfort from them when they have to say sports entertainer. Nobody says sports entertainer. Or sports entertainment, other than people on Monday and Tuesday nights, and sometimes Sundays. And what he said, who yeah. says that? Yeah, it's just ridiculous. It, that's a whole another topic for a whole another day because we it's could go a whole show. On that. Yeah, I mean, it's just incredible, incredible. What's the next match? Raw Women's Championship: Alexa Bliss versus Sasha Banks. Hmm. 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 Dan, what are your thoughts? <laughs> <laughs> mm, I don't know. I I 
I don't know. I I don't. I honestly don't know what they see in Alexa. I really. I would have let Alexa get. Well, no. I let me let me put it this way. I would have let Alexa get over more before I would have put her in a title hunt. That's fair. I would have let her get over more, and I think she could have done it very good. You know, I think she could have gotten over a whole lot better. You know, slowly working her way through the roster. You know, which kind of is what they're doing with Nia Jax right now. I mean, she just continuously runs over everybody, and I'm waiting on her to get a hold of somebody and take a, you know, just rip the title off of them. But, <clears throat> you know, I I would have rather Alexa gotten over slowly rather than come straight out and win a title and bam, oh, you know who I am, you know. Um, but, you know, it is what it is, and, you know, I don't know why Sasha seems to have just been put on the back burner and called up every now and then when somebody needs to have a good match, mm-hmm. really. Uh, <laughs> here's, what I, here's what I'm going to say about Alexa Bliss that I really like, and I know Fred will agree with me. She has um, a wit that can only be rivaled a, by Jerry Lawler. And I say that because, like, People start chanting what to her promos, like, loser say what? You know, just that she has that quick aptitude to really get under the skin of people and and stopping one of the most, by now, one of the most annoying chants in wrestling. Mm-hmm. So I think she, I think she, she's done well with both, on both SmackDown and Raw. I mean, I, I don't, I, you know, I respectfully disagree. I think she's, I think she's the perfect one to be champ, uh, be a champ because, she can pull the whole annoying type of person that's really going to gloat when she wins, but she may get help sometimes, but she's really going to let you know when she wins and when she loses, there'll always be an excuse or something like that. And I think she's the, per- I, to me, she's the perfect person to have that belt on raw right now. Mike. I think she's the perfect, you know, heel right now in the women's division. You know, on either show. I mean, like like you said, you know, she can play off the crowd better than anybody. I mean, we, you know, a couple months ago, you saw uh, Charlotte, you know, kind of get, you know, taken down from the crowd. You know, they started chanting something, and you could see her stumble, and which is shocking, being that she's a flare. You wouldn't think that would happen, but you know, never seen anything like that from Alexa Bliss. I mean, she's she has owned it ever since she got brought up. And I was one of the first ones to say that, you know, I thought she was brought up too soon. I didn't think she was ready, but she has thoroughly impressed me and obviously a lot of people. And I I think she's, she's the best one right now equipped for holding that title. Fred. Yeah. I mean, dude, being a big picture thinker and you look at this women's scene, They've pretty much put all their chips into every conceivable, I guess, big moment that you could have in the women's division. You know, they 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 jumped the gun with Bailey, and you see that was suicide for her character. Um, and and you just see the the Banks and the Charlotte swapping the hot potato, and and I agree with him, like with with Bliss just kind of being thrown in there right after the draft. Like you could have really did a slow build to really put Alexa over instead of just whoop, here she is. Um, 
they they've really rushed everything in the women's division. It's like at this point, where do they go from here? Uh, Alexa and Nia, it looks like, but what else do you have to work with? There's no like think of Bailey chasing the belt for like two years as an, an idea that you proposed, Derek. What that would have been a big moment. What big moment do you have left in the women's division? I'll I'll wait. Uh, well, you got the May Young Classic going. I think that's going to be the next big moment, but I guess that doesn't but count. But that's separate, though. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, that's yeah, a yeah, title yeah, picture, yeah. You know, like considering the the Raw title, the Raw Women's Championship, what big money match or big moment can they pull off from now until WrestleMania? Like, I don't see it. I it's it's really sad to me. Uh, the only thing I, I can think, think they... of as far as that would be. Asuka's run through everyone in NXT, and she wants a little more competition, so she wants to take on the Raw Women's Championship, and there's your match at Mania. The And, and, and she's still holding the NXT Women's Championship, so they can make it a Champions versus Champions match. That's And that's just me spitballing off the top of my head there. That's a good idea, you know. And then after that, you'll, you know, they'll probably have her and Tazawa teaming with each other on two hundred five live. You know, she'll get the Sasha treatment. Yeah, that's, that's... <laughs> <laughs> like, that shit makes no sense. Uh, Oscar Charlotte would be great. I'd love to see that, but that, that just... would mean she'd have to jump to SmackDown. But well, you know. she's not gonna. Uh, you know, I'll be shocked if after WrestleMania next year. Oscar's still in NXT. I will be shocked because there's there's just she, dude. She's gonna beat Bruno San Martino's record. I, more than likely. I mean, she's <laughs> it's incredible. It's just incredible. Um, but yeah, as far as I don't think Alexa Bliss is losing that title. No. 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 <laughs> Next match. But, oh, but, go ahead, Mike. But to go on, along with you know Fred's point, the I think they went through all of the you know the first time women's gimmick matches. I think they went through those too quickly. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, it was a big deal. You know, it's like okay, we you know we'll get the the Iron Woman match, and we'll have the Money in the Bank women's match, and you know all, the tables match, and they've just done too much too soon. I mean, you know, there's really not that much else to look forward to because they've damn near done it all now. I'm Judy still, Bag on a pole match. I'm, they haven't done that. I'm still looking for. I want. <laughs> I want Becky Lynch versus James Ellsworth to happen. I want it to happen. SummerSlam. That'd be a good point for it. I think. Uh, but we know Vince isn't really a fan of the intergender matches. So, we'll see. It's going to be on WWE 2K18 though. Oh yeah. Oh, I remember, speaking of that, I remember uh, Fred, Dan, me and Mike and a bunch of our friends used to get together and uh, we would hook up the multi-tap to the PS2 and play SmackDown, uh, Here Comes the Pain and those games. Oh, it's classic. And uh, we would go until like, you know, two or three in the morning. Sometimes, Sometimes the sun was coming up when we were leaving after all these damn matches, but we would do Royal Rumbles. And like, <laughs> no, we wouldn't. Yeah, we would. We would. <laughs> and people would get so, like, people were like, uh, we, who were in it for a while would get a lemonade. It's like, 
all right, I get a fresh new guy. Who's gonna? Who am I gonna get? And like, they get stuck as Stacy Keebler running down into the ring. They're like, "What the hell?" <laughs> <laughs> or, or like Trish Stratus or something like that. And me and Dude, me so and my, me and my cousin, man, uh, we would we would tick everyone off because we knew just how to quickly eliminate people. And old Mike would not love me and Royal Rumbles. Have you seen uh, people on, like, I think it's, you probably could just go to YouTube, but, you know, in the WWE 2K games where you can swap entrances with wrestlers? Yeah. Have you seen the Brothers of Destruction come out as the Funkadactyls? Yeah, that was, I did see that. It's <laughs> <laughs> the funniest thing I've seen in years. I remember one time I created my own stable, and I think it was, like, Undertaker and Maven or something in one of those games. And I didn't really pay attention to the group entrances. And when they did, it was like them doing ballet. So the Undertaker was doing pirouettes and shit like that. And actually d- jumping into the <laughs> ring as a ballerina. I'm like, uh-oh, I need to change that quick. Because <laughs> Undertaker is not that dainty. <laughs> we tried to give uh, the Shield members, like we did like the Creator Wrestler. Because it was, I forget which year, that might have been 14 or 13, whatever. Uh, but the shield, we had to create a wrestler to get all the shield in. And, you know, you want them to come through the crowd like the shield and give them the shield entrance. So the only thing I could think of was um, to give them the, uh, who was it, the brood? Because mm-hmm. they, they would come out of the crowd or whatever. And Edge was Dean Ambrose. And Dean Ambrose ran in through the ropes and started humping the <laughs> ring. Like, how, how Edge used <laughs> So Edge ran into the ring and st- or Dean Ambrose was humping the ring. It's hilarious. Uh, next match. Roman Reigns versus Braun Strowman ambulance match. Braun! Oh, you. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm, uh, you know, the Roman haters will be out in force for this match and you know, for as much for as entertaining as this match could be, they're still gonna shit on it because it's like, oh man, Roman Reigns, blah 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 blah, lighten up neckbeards. <laughs> yeah, they're gonna be really pissed when Roman Reigns wins. Yeah, I think I I think actually Roman Reigns is gonna win this match. Don't ever, I don't think any man is standing at the end of the match, but I think no. Roman just barely wins. Yeah, this is the the payoff of this feud. I mean, and you got to make Roman look really strong because I think we may see Roman versus uh, Braun at or not Braun Brock at SummerSlam. So, got to make Roman look strong. Yep, I agree. I agree. I really don't have much else to say on this match because it's just going to be two really big guys beating the hell out of each other for about fifteen twenty minutes. Like, it's like the video game when you don't know what buttons are what, so you just punch and kick until you get a pinfall. <laughs> that's right. That's right. It's gonna be like it's gonna be like when the ca- guy pumps in the first fifty cents into Tekken and p- picks Eddie Gordo, and you're like, I know I can beat this guy, but he's gonna destroy me because he's just gonna tap buttons and pull off some amazing yep. shit. We all know the Eddie Gordos of Tekken World. That's great. Uh, next match. Should be, is it just Brock Joe left? Yeah, that's it. Universal Championship. Finally. Yeah, finally defended after three or four months. And why Brock is still champion, we do not know because 
He hasn't defended the title in 30 days, so he should be stripped of it. But WWE doesn't follow. I think their somebody. Own rules. Re- I think somebody tweeted the other day that he hadn't defended it in 98 days. Yeah, so he should have lost it three times. So anytime he wins, the next <laughs> yeah. three times after this, anytime he wins, he should have to give it back. I'm just waiting for Brock right. to lose his smile. Ugh, he never had one to begin with. <laughs> is, he, is he like? But this oh is, yeah, it's been 98 days since you since he's defended the title. Somebody go and tell him. I ain't gonna tell him. You tell him. He's gonna come to the ring with that shitty brown suit on and like a hoop earring and a ponytail. Oh, tell God everyone me. lost his smile. Uh, uh, you know, Joe. They've built Joe up as a legitimate. Sh- he has a legitimate shot. Of winning this title. They have done everything right by the book. He has looked fantastic in the build-up in this program. You know, it started with the whole him explaining everything he was going to do to Paul Heyman and then doing everything he said he was going to do. You know, the sneak attacks. The sneak attacks on Brock, you know, it it really moved him up a level. I really could see Joe. Now I know it's probably it's more than likely not going to happen, but I could see Joe pulling off a win with the way they've been building him up. It's I think he wins, but he doesn't walk out with the title. Yeah, that's the that's the go to Mike pick right there. <laughs> or they could do a Kane um, a Kane title reign where you know you get the belt for a day, and then the next night on Raw you lose it again. Or yeah, the or the Christian. The Christian, right? I remember like the spoiler era of the Tuesday night spoilers and seeing that I was fucking livid. Yeah, uh, we all were. <laughs> we all were like, "Wow, you really did this!" And of course, who did that involve? Randy fucking Orton, Captain. I hate voices. Even his song is lame. They talk to me. <laughs> yeah. Whatever, he's an arsonist. He's an maybe, asshole. Maybe Seth Rollins shows up and injures the champion, so he has to give it up the next night. Yeah, there you go. Could they? Could, was there any way they could do Joe Braun at SummerSlam for the title and have some kind of fuck finish or interference where you still get Reigns Lesnar? It's just not for the title because, like, that match doesn't need the title. Think of how amazing a Samoa Joe Braun Strowman title match would be. Yeah, I agree. Just two badasses. Hey, and you know what? At WrestleMania this year, Goldberg and Lesnar didn't need to be for that title either. No. That, damn it. Damn it, that Which is why I think they're rushing the AJ Nakamura thing. Rumor has it. Instead of Mania, they're going to have it at SummerSlam because, you know, they don't want it to overshadow whatever plans they have. So So they don't want it to overshadow Cena Cena and Reigns? Yes, precisely. <laughs> or Cena and Orton, 72. Uh, one <laughs> 72 times in a lifetime with Cena and Orton. Yeah. Oh, that's so, <sighs> that's so bad. Well, I I I'm, I think Joe's walking out with the title. I, with the way they build him building they've been building him up and it's like Fred said. You know, if they do Brock Reigns at SummerSlam, they don't that doesn't need to be for a title. That that could just be two guys pissed off at the world and at each other. Hey, they could save the title match for something fans want to see. And people people want to see I think people want to see Joe hold the WWE title just for his longtime fans that have watched him through 
you know, Ring of Honor and watched him through the days of impact and stuff like that and those dreadful years of impact that he had to endure later on after Jeff Jarrett left. And uh yeah, I could I just I think it would really be cool to see him walk away with the belt. That's what everybody wants, but it's hard to believe that they would take it off of Lesnar. I mean, I mean, you think about it. I mean, how how bad is that that you know he wins at WrestleMania, doesn't defend it for three months, and then when he finally does, he loses it. I mean, that's just wasting the championship. Well, he did not- lose to a fifty-year-old man in like forty seconds, though. So anything can happen. Yeah. I mean, it is. I mean, we're talking about it. Yeah, exactly. We're talking about a guy that, you know, the title, a champion that had it for a few months, only had like five minutes and forty seconds worth of matches, if that, since he was champion. So you can't tell me that 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 belt really isn't really that important anyway, because you haven't seen it defended in ninety-eight days. The champion before that didn't defend it that often and when he did he won it in a four minute match and then lost it in a five minute match you know he had 10 minutes worth of matches as that championship so the importance of the belt really means nothing here because it's not to me it's not an important belt you know that thing is that 10 minutes of defending it was longer than brock has defended it in the last three months exactly so the the title the this is it's not to me the intercontinental title Right now is more important on Raw than it is, than the Raw Universal Championship. Hmm. Yeah, see, no argument there. There, I Not win. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Facts. Facts. You know, I I like the build up, and I'll I'll go ahead and pick Joe with you. You know, because um, it it they have made him a contender. You know. Um, I have to go back on something you said, though, the dreadful TNA years. Joe actually had a really good run during a really good period in the company. Yeah, um, now, as, yeah. As champion I, and everything, he had some awesome matches. I mean, he Kurt beat Angle. Kurt Angle for the freaking TNA world title. So, yeah. you know, and it when and the whole storyline behind him beating Kurt Angle for the TNA world title was that he finally won the title. You know, he had always been wrestling for the title and never won it. But he finally won the title. So, <clears throat> and he had a good long run with the company as the champion too. So you know it. And he he was he was champion when the then the company was in good standing at the time, at least. But you know for that very short period, <laughs> right? It's, so it's crazy too because he was you know in Ring of Honor with Punk, and they kind of departed around similar times. And some could even argue, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. but at that time, a lot of people would probably look at Joe and be like, wow, you're going to TNA instead of WWE. And Punk, they didn't even want to use him. Like, he was just down in OVW, just kind of dicking around until, you know, Survivor Series happened when they were in Philly and the crowds chanting CM Punk because they're somewhat familiar with him. You know, Joe was having, like you said, matches with Kurt Angle and just killing it. Punk, it took a long time for him to even make a name for himself. So you can even argue that with AJ Styles, you know, another TNA guy, it's almost better that they didn't go to the company until now because their stock is so high now compared to, dude, if Samoa Joe would have went to WWE when Punk did, he'd already be future endeavored at this point. He'd be Jack Swagger. Right? (laughs) 
And I, I didn't even laugh when I said that. <laughs> no, because it's true. <laughs> well, that's all I think I can stand to talk about the greatest name pay-per-view ever. Um, Great balls of fire. Let's take a Presented quick... by Gold Bond. <laughs> Gold Bond presents. Oh, man. It's great. It's just great. That, oh my God! How that how that is the you first time I've heard that, that joke. The that how this is the first time I've heard that joke is very incredible to me. Well done, well done. Well, folks, Superstar we, we are we are going to take a quick break and then we are going to do some trivia. Stick around. This is the Oversell Podcast. That makes me so happy. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Maria and Mike Knellis, for bringing this very uh, awesome power ballad to better than Nakamura's theme. Uh, it's a top theme. Uh, I'll I'll say it's better than Nakamura's, but um, Glorious is still the best theme going yeah. in NXT. You can't, you just can't. I was, I, I had to run to a couple of appointments after work today, and I was just blasting Glorious down uh, down the street as I was rolling up in the ye- bright yellow truck. So I was, ma- you know, I was really, really hitting a big stride there with a bright yellow truck with a doof- douchebag in it, listening to Glorious by. Mm. Bobby Rude. <laughs> All right, folks, it is that time. It's time for some trivia. Can you feel it, sir? It's time for a little bit of wrestling trivia. From one great trivia song, or from one great intro song to another, it's that time, folks. It's time for a little bit of wrestling trivia. We got it. We're gonna do it a little new style this week. I was telling these guys, I was looking for some. I was moving some stuff around in my office, and I found this piece of paper. Uh, I do not know where this came from. It could be from the wrestling trivia gnome, uh, but I found <laughs> this random list of questions. Uh, and we're going to use this for trivia. Um, we're going to—I've got twenty questions lined up. Not that we're going to go that far. Uh, we're going to do a score check. After every four questions, whoever has the lowest score will be eliminated, and then the other two will go on, and we'll go on until we have a winner. Um, guys, do the rules make sense? Yep. Don't cheat. Yep. yep. Don't cheat, or you'll get smoted by the wrestling trivia gnome who apparently left this question. So. 
whoever you know, <laughs> apparently he can sneak in your house and do anything he wants because, like I said, I have no idea where these questions came from. I really don't. Hornswoggle? <laughs> it, I, it may have been, but like I said, it's it's incredible. I just picked up the sheet of paper like, where did this wrestling trivia come from? Anyway, uh, question number one. It's all WWE trivia, trivia questions, by the way. Who did Goldust face at WrestleMania 18 for the Hardcore Championship? Is it multiple choice or essay uh, form? I don't have any multiple choice answers, so I guess I can make it multiple choice and just start throwing in some names. Was it A, Christian... B, Christian. No, I'm just kidding. Was it A, Christian, <laughs> B, Edge, or C, Maven? Don't everyone speak at once. <laughs> oh, I remember that. I was actually there. <laughs> and this is the one match that I couldn't remember, but until now. Okay. It was uh it was former tough enough member Maven. Mike, who you got? I was gonna go Maven just because nobody ever mentions him anymore. Dan? <laughs> I was gonna go Maven as well because I remember him having the hardcore title. Okay. You are all correct. Maven. Uh, like a lot of, I guess this is a lot about WrestleMania 18. Great. So <laughs> who was, who was the referee for the Undertaker versus Ric Flair match at WrestleMania 18? Was it Earl Hebner, Charles Robinson, or Brian Hebner? Uh, I'm locked in, I guess. Who you got? Um, Charles Robinson. All right. Fred? I'm going to go with Little Nate. Little Nate. Little Nate. Okay, Mike? Yeah, that's what I was going with, Little Nate. Y'all are all two for two. Hey, Trivia. This is the great love <laughs> I've ever known. <laughs> now, question number three. What championship did RVD win at WrestleMania 18? Hardcore? Intercontinental or European? One of a kind. Where I see when I look in your eyes. <laughs> Make sure I'm, locked in. I'm locked in. All right. All right. Dan, talk it out. <laughs> I'll say intercontinental. I see Mike. The intercontinental. Fred. The Intercontinental Championship. Well, y'all are all correct. Number four. Who did Edge defeat at WrestleMania 18? Benoit, Orton, or Booker T? You said Edge? Uh, Benoit, Orton, or Booker T? Who did Edge defeat? Yeah, oh, yeah, I'm edge. sorry, I'm sorry. Who did Edge defeat yeah. at WrestleMania 18? Benoit, uh, I, Orton, yeah. or Booker T? I'm locked in. Okay. Locked in. 
Okay, Dan. Um. Yeah. I'll say Benoit. Okay. Mike. Uh, I was going with Orton. Okay. Fred. I remember this exactly because I they actually had an access then, and you know they the line switch, and so somebody will be in line, and then it'll switch, and a new person will come in. And Goldust was thanking his fans, and the crowd was going, leave, leave, leave. So he would, so they would switch another wrestler. <laughs> Hilarious. And then there was a gentleman sitting there, and he asked the kid, the dude next to me, he's like, so are you rooting for me in the match? And he goes, well, I'm sorry, Booker, but I'm an edgehead. And then he said, tell me he didn't just say that. <laughs> edge, defeated, edge defeated Booker T. The correct answer is Booker T. That and that was the quickest trivia segment ever because both Dan and Mike are eliminated. <laughs> well, hold on, hold on. In celebration of Fred winning the trivia seg in the shortest trivia segment win ever. Fred Feltner. Yay. Yay. <laughs> I cheated by being at that show. <laughs> Do what, Mike? <laughs> so he doesn't get music or anything? This is how much it is. Not from the top. This is the greatest. Love I've ever known. I'm burning up in your life. My wife is going to kill me tonight for having to hear me. <laughs> this is like, like this is like what it's like for you to be in the shower. And no, 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 no. I like way Do what? I like your version so much. Like the, the note when you. <laughs> it's just. It's the only way to sing it. <laughs> I could go on doing that all night too. I really could. I really no. could. <laughs> this is amazing. It's never gonna get old, dude. Yeah, that song is just <laughs> great. That song is just great. You know, so. And uh, oh. it, and you know, I really wish they they would actually write more words to this because after that, it just repeats itself. But whatever. <laughs> all right. It's like the Alistair Black theme. It's like the same lyric over and over for like six minutes. Yeah, but that entrance is just so damn awesome to go with it. Oh, just okay. him like rising up from the ground. Ugh. I'm going to add Mike and Maria to my Mow the Lawn playlist. There we go. There we go. There we go. Yeah, just and, singing out in the middle of the yard. Yeah, you bet. You have, like, I want to see how your neighbors look at you when you're singing it like I do. Like in your ears with the song going, you sound amazing. And then, you know, your neighbors, when they hear you, you, 
you, if you, yeah, if you like, start getting cops actually stop you from mowing the yard. <laughs> if you start getting fruit <laughs> thrown at you after you're singing that, you may want to you may want to knock it off. That's all we've got for this week. As we like to end every episode, we like to do Superstar of the Week. So, guys, I ask you, who is your Superstar of the Week? Let's start with Dan. Joe. Joe. Want Joe to win that title. Joe. Mike. I have two. The obvious is Fred for the gold bond joke. No, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but actual WWE-wise, Braun Strowman for what he did to Apollo Crews. Okay. Oh, my God, yes. That was <laughs> awesome. Have you seen it, Derek? No, I have not. What do you do? Watch it, please. <laughs> he, he actually, you know, knocked down Strowman after, you know, two or three, you know, moves or whatever. And then he went for that, you know, standing splash that he does. And as soon as he jumped oh, up. Oh, I did see that. He uh, dropped Strowman. He, yeah, he kicked him. He, yeah, he kicked him out of the air. Yeah, he did like a double. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I saw. I did see that. Yeah, I, I, once you said I had, I had a holy shit moment like that in the ring one time. Yeah. And uh, it, it was uh, a guy that did a standing shooting star press. And he, he, he straight up told me, when I come down, get your knees up. And I was like, is there going to be enough room for that? And he goes, yeah, there'll be enough room for it. Trust me. So when he came down in the shooting star press, he was standing on the ground and he did a shooting star press straight at, straight at me. And I got those knees up and his head glanced right across my knees and everybody in the crowd thought he died. And it looked on, it looked great on TV. It looked like he died a thousand deaths, you know, you know, but it, it was, it was straight up like the greatest thing ever. And I thought I killed the guy, you know, and you know, I checked on him right after we did it. And he goes, "Nope, I'm good." I'm like, "Really? Okay, then." <laughs> um, you know, I got I kind of have a story like that, and uh, it was at the Fourth in the Forest at Jonesboro, Arkansas, um, July Fourth, mm-hmm. a couple of years ago. Um, uh, I was in a match. It was me and my dad versus Austin Lane and Sexy Sam Dollar. Uh, Austin was working me over, taking taking great care of me in the ring we he we plant he, he had a couple of great spots planned for us but at some point he put me down in the middle of the ring and he said don't move so it said okay not not that i have any choice of going anywhere uh he climbs to the top <laughs> rope and he splashes and I, I didn't move one bit i laid there stiff as a board and there's no way i was moving and i made eye contact with him while as he was getting closer i see his eyes were getting bigger and I was like, oh, shit, this is going to suck. Well, he was looking at me, <laughs> not where he was landing, and his thigh landed directly on his face, on my face. And then yeah. his head bounced off the mat. I think he busted his nose really good. And, you know, we had a good laugh after out of out of thing. But I thought it looked well, yeah. pretty good. If you want to if you want to talk about hard landings, um, I actually um, you remember the old uh, demolition move? Yeah, the Doomsday Device. The guy, he would hold him down in a backbreaker, and the other guy would come off the ropes with an elbow drop. Yeah, 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 yeah. I actually had that done to me, and Bishop Cage was the one holding me on his knee, and Tattoo was the one that jumped off and hit me with the elbow. And I almost got knocked out by Tattoo hitting me in the face with the elbow. Uh-oh. <laughs> And Good then we, we got to the around. back, and he goes, we got to the back, and he goes, uh, <laughs> he goes, uh, I'm sorry, man. I've never done that move before. And I'm like, 
You don't say. <laughs> oh, Lordy. So. Uh, my superstar of the week, I am I am going to go with a man who made his debut this week at Slammiversary, and I'm going to say Memphis's own D'Angelo Williams. Killed it. That was a that was an exceptional debut. Yeah, and it's his only. He said he's retired. He's officially retired from professional wrestling. <laughs> so, I, I was really. I thought I, I saw clips of the match, and yeah, I mean he he uh, he looked like it took he took it seriously. Um, he didn't come in there. It wasn't like the Ball family coming in there being idiots or like Steve-O when he's laughing at Umaga in the ring and Umaga's like, this motherfucker's going to laugh. I'll give him something to laugh about and goes in to whoop his ass even more. You know, he seems to have taken everything seriously. And I thought he looked, he looked like a million bucks in the ring. He hit a, um, he hit a standing moonsault to, I think as the finish for the match on uh, Eli Drake. So, you know, he's an athletic guy and it was good to see that, you know, not only that's, you know, I still think the LT Bam Bam Bigelow may have been a bit, little bit better of a match, but there's something close to that. Mm-hmm. Now the um, he's a former University of Memphis guy. Yeah, isn't he? I said the okay, Memphis yeah. zone. Yep. Yeah. So yeah, Memphis boy gets the push and then retires undefeated. Sounds about right. Yeah. <laughs> 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 All right, folks. Well, we are going to get out of here. Be sure you are following us on. Social media, we are at Oversell Podcast, Facebook.com slash Oversell Podcast. You can follow me at Derek, D-E-R-I-C-K-O-V-E-R-S-E-L-L. I am at One Dangerous Dan, and I am on Facebook, Dangerous Dan Matthews. At WolfMike23. Kenny Omega is my superstar of the week. Oh, shit. And, uh, I, I, oh, I, I, I <laughs> you can follow me at the letter K F A B E connection on Twitter. Where else? You got uh, some other projects, don't you? Uh, no. YouTube? Nah. YouTube? Subscribe on YouTube? Uh, yeah, if you want, you know. Uh, hey, you know, uh, it's, up, it's, your, it's your choice, you know. Uh, go do it. He's got some great content on there, folks. It's great discussions, and he's not like us and where we go when we do our pay-per-view preview and review shows and stuff like that he's discussing different topics in wrestling and it's a great it's a great way to turn it on at your desk while you're at work if you don't have youtube blocked by your work so be sure but also get be sure to follow him at kfabe connection on twitter check out oversellpod.com and while you're there check out the amazon link underneath the main player on the main page and you can help this podcast by doing shopping that you're already going to do on amazon it's just easy, folks. There's no extra fees or hidden fees or anything like that. It's just you shopping on on Amazon like you're already going to do and helping this podcast out while you're doing it. Also, subscribe on iTunes and leave a five-star review, and we'll start reading those on the air. Folks, you've been listening to the Oversell Podcast! I'm burning up in your love Burning up in your love I'm burning up in your love